Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal truth of reality. A lot of reality in this episode because we're talking to Big U. Big U is a community organizer who has the Developing Options program that is uh, fixed on sort of curing the problems of inner city communities everywhere. He is also a legendary figure in the L.A. street gang culture Definitely a real one. But you is going to take us through his entire life, uh, his upbringing, how he changed his life, what made him use sort of the status that he had gained on the streets to benefit the communities that he used to be in sort of doing his dirt. It's a very, very compelling story. He's also going to talk to us a little bit about what he's doing in the music business as well. He's got some kids that he brought, up and coming rappers, going to want to hear from them in the future. We're also going to talk a little bit about Takashi 69 what he thinks of what he's doing and how Takashi is representing and maybe even making a mockery out of gang culture everywhere and specifically here in Los Angeles. You are not going to want to miss what he says about that and the jewels that he drops about how we fix this entire thing. Check it out. Pop some pills. Let's do it. Everybody give it up for a very important man. A man's doing some great things, some very important, essential things in our community, Big U. Everybody give it up for Big U right now, man. Clap loud. And we're going to clap again this time, except only Jason's going to clap. Because once again, once again, Jason doesn't seem to really appreciate our heroes in the black community. So... Jason, I'm telling you, you're going to want to clap for this, brother, man. Clap loud for Big U, Jason. Come on. Oh! <laughs> Big U, what up, brother? <laughs> What's happening with you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Now, living in Los Angeles, I'm well aware of who you are and what you do um, for the community, in the music world, uh, all across the gamut. But for... Uh, People on the Red Pill, and we thank you for joining the Red Pill today, that don't know the the story of Big U, um, let's start there. Let's talk about your life uh, and, and how you got to the point that you that you are now. Um, pretty much where I came from. Yeah, all born, of that. Born and raised in South Central LA. Mm -hmm. um, lived there all my life till I got kicked out of California in the early age. <laughs> word, word, okay. And got sent to Chicago. I lived out there for two years because I couldn't come back till I was 18. Yeah. And, um, came back in um, 85. Mm -hmm. and they let me come back to California and um, went through the same thing most kids were going through, through the gang life, through the streets. Shot about seven, eight times. Um, Damn. Yeah. In reality. In reality. Seven different times. And um, wait, what do you mean seven different times? Well, seven different incidents, seven shots. I mean, shot here, shoulder. This nigga is an legs. android. <laughs> seven, seven different incidents. Yeah, it was live back in the early eighties and nineties. It was, it was, uh, it was a uh, my brother. Yeah. So it just let me ask you one question: When you've had that many different brushes with that, does that? And we're gonna get back right back to your story. I just want to ask one question. I've always mm -hmm. does that give you a different sense of purpose? Do you feel like you survived all of that stuff for a reason? Well, you know, at the age uh, we was in, it was kind of like uh, it was almost like we were so ignorant at the time. Mm -hmm. It was like, hey, he got shot, um, and we was more revenge or let's go back and do what we had to do or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. until I got older that 
I really start to understand, like, oh, you're here for a reason. You know yeah. what I mean? But back then, being young, I think the first time I got shot, I was 15. And um, uh. so I kind of, like, been in it coming up early. Right. And then so just kind of being in the streets, like, it was kind of like what we was going through in, in, um, in California, the Boys in the Hood story. Yeah, it worked. You know? So after that, you, you were saying, so... Um, Around that time, you you know you're 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 into to to the gang life, and then mm -hmm. take us from there all the way to kind of like what's happening. And with then you. like in um eighty eighty nine eighty, I was um we kind of morphed into more of the, the drug scene. We started going to different states, and the process was going from one state to another one. I won't mention because mm -hmm. I don't know if they still tripping, but um <laughs> we, I ended up reading Malcolm X's autobiography. Where very important book. And I read Malcolm X's autobiography. It was the first time I had read something that connected with me as a, 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 an a African-American young man growing up. I had never read a book that made me feel like the book was talking about me or was written for me. And I connected with it. In the process, I cut my hair off. I just had my first son. And so I started studying Islam. This was like um, 90, 91, no, like 89, 90. And I was like, I'm finished with this. I was trying to find a way out of the streets to do something different. And Lamont Broomfield, who had corrupt at the time, had came to me because I was getting a lot of money at that time. Right. And he was like, bro, let's do this. Let, uh, help me with this music with this, with this kid I got named Corrupt. And I'm like, oh, I'm on the board. I had the bread and he was trying to, he was more into the music. So I was right. like, okay, I'm going to finance it. When he started kicking with Corrupt, that built a relationship with me and music. And then I left after that. Shortly after that, I had said I didn't want to do, I didn't really want to sell drugs no more. I didn't want to hustle the way I had been hustling but I didn't know how to do nothing else. Right after the time I made the trans, trying to make the transition, the feds hit a couple of different states I was in. I ended up burning a lot of money paying for lawyers for my partners, mm -hmm. and they all stayed down, so a couple of them did time, but it was all good. All right. But now I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to make a living other than hustling. All right. So the only thing I knew how to do was still in my state of not wanting to do nothing to black people, uh -huh. I went to back to robbing because mm -hmm. I felt like I can rob the drug dealers and then sell the drugs. Right. Ends up getting 23, no, I had to get 23 years in, in prison, did 13, but my mindset had already been changed. I mm -hmm. already had, was kind of moving through a different light. So while in prison, I had already made the transition to want to help our people and, um, um, studying Islam and working through, and then just restudying. I just was on a mad, mad um, mission to study where religions came from, where the, where the philosophy come from. That thought, I studied theology. I studied all the stuff. Read everything I can get. Took different kind of courses. I, t I read almost every book you can get mm. on um, every. I read on music industry, on food industry, how we got from from just eating, killing, and eating what you killing and eating what you needed mm -hmm. to packaging food where that came from that's right. philosophy coming from I read it all because I didn't want to come back home and this is so, why you was down this is why I was down Yeah. so I looked at the, the time I had to do and said well I'm going to use this as a form of education and say this is just like be Malcolm my, did right Like exactly I took that philosophy and I wanted to you know better myself while I was gone Right. and uh, I didn't want to come back home the same ignorant person I was when I left Right. And so doing that I had already formed Develop an Option. So while I had did three years and nine months in the hole. I went to the hole while I was in there. So, yeah. Three years and nine months in the hole. Yeah, I did three years and nine months straight in the shoe. 
And so that's when you were total solid, solitary confinement. And um, yeah, it was really, and then brothers was really going crazy in there. Was like, fucking right, yeah, yeah. And I was, I think, in, I'm I'm 51. Uh -huh. That was the only time I was really scared in my whole entire life, where I was really fearful that I was gonna lose it. Because when I first came, I had seen brothers I had been down with maybe seven, eight years, and really losing their mind, like putting feces on themselves, not cutting their hair, losing their grooming because it was the treatment. They was it was the treatment the guards were giving you. If you if you offended one of them, they had so many ways to take it out on you, and then it was just and then the solitary confinement, the solitude of being by yourself. Uh -huh. And at that point, what what had me so scared is I could remember everything I had ever done wrong and things I had did right. And it was about really I don't think people understand how how it is to be by yourself, not not just one day, but consistently, and not having a human's touch. Right. You know the the physical connect, the physical connection between human beings is so important, you know. And then not being just looking at walls every day was um, was tremendous. And that's so I stopped watching TV. Uh -huh. And um, so I, I kind of figured it out. I didn't watch no TV. I watched TV and um, took in any information other than reading only for two hours a day because right. in California prisons you can get you can get TVs and radios but I took myself out of that just to keep my insanity right I mean it was people going crazy right next door to me that was like sane and you can see the gradual progression into them losing hearing them go hearing them lose touch with reality did that ever make you fear that it was inevitable that you would one day I really was scared so I really I really just erased time I erased calendars, dates, I wanted every day to just to be the same day. Mm -hmm. Four o'clock in the morning workout and, you know, just, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have no relations. So I can only visit my wife, 15 minute visits. I did that 15 minute visit once a, uh, once a month. I didn't want her to go driving from LA out there to see me. For, yeah. So that was when I started writing. So I started writing, I wrote Developing Option. That's the, the group we have now, mm -hmm. the program we have now. Excuse me. So what we what I had wrote in there is what we're doing now, hmm. and it, and I've been blessed to have the support from a lot of people in our community to be able to get it off the ground and get it to where it is now, to where it's being it's starting to be recognized nationally, you know, for yeah. the work that we're doing. And I like to tell people, I don't want to leave this earth and be known as one of the most negative people in LA. Right. I would like to be known as somebody who helped to change what we helped to build, you know right. what I mean? And so that's really, you know, it's a quagmire. Right, you know, right. Know. So, it, so d it, listen, it, coming up in those, in those circumstances, oftentimes you are forced to make incredibly difficult decisions and uh, sacrifice for things yeah. that, that, that you want. Now that you're out here, because we hear a lot of stuff, right? Right. We hear a lot of guys that talk a lot of stuff about where they come from and stuff like that. Would you say that all of that was worth it to be able to do the work that you're doing right now? I say it definitely was because kids have the information era now. Kids have the ability to research everybody, and they can kind of tell where you're coming from. Like They can tell, like, you know, was he a real one? Right, and you need to have that to be able to reach and connect to some of the kids that that's that's out here today. And yeah. then I tell kids now that they don't have an excuse for success because of. I mean, I was right there. Mm -hmm. No father. I didn't meet my father till I went to Central Juvenile Hall. They wouldn't release me 
because I had so many crimes they couldn't find me. Now, that's when I met my father. I went mm -hmm. to Chicago. He was the only one that can get me because they didn't want to release me back to California right. because me and what the homies was into. And um, so I met him mm -hmm. at, at 16, but I was already gone. You know, I already had been shot a couple of times in the industry, so my mind was already where it was. Mm -hmm. So I tell kids now when I speak to them, you don't have an excuse for, for, to not reach for success and not to fight. And not to, you know, and it's like you said, it's about making. I made I make bad decisions today, but I I I think I make better decisions than I did, you know, early on. Yeah. And key people ask me why do I still call myself Big U because I want the young people to understand that it wasn't the name, mm -hmm. it was the decisions I made. Right. If I say call me Eugene, call me this, then that really doesn't change. I want people to see you can you can still be. Where you from, but you gotta represent the good of where you from. Right. You got to represent positivity. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, so what what's your and so your your organization, your the nonprofit that you is it's called Developing Option. And its goal is to do what? So we administer to communities. Okay. We administer um I don't wanna be bottled in. Sure. Because I want to, I want to be able to say that kids and people and families can come to us for everything, and that's what they do. I mean, we do. We have with education. We have a tutoring program. We have sports. We have. Uh, we do food drives. We do everything that we see that the community needs. Right. And I mean, I would like to see our program in all the different cities. We um we on our way into Atlanta right now through right. Um, the mayor's office in Atlanta. We sit down with Clefalo Dr. Clefalo Dollar mm -hmm. out of Atlanta. Um, we met with um, the mayors in Jersey about bringing the program there. The key to the program is, is it has to be the um, the big homies in each neighborhood because they're actually the ones who the young people are going to listen to. Right. So I'm I want to reach them. I want to know, like, okay, I want to help the big homie bring the program and be able to facilitate the program and mm -hmm. service his community because right. that's the key to it. Right. You know what I mean? It ain't really about going in and bringing a whole lot of different people from different places. It's about the ones that's in that community being able to get the sports program, help the kids with the right intentions. Have you found that when you talk to these, these, uh, these guys about sort of changing the trajectory of these communities that they're receptive to that? Is that something that they want? You know what? It's it, I have a uh, it's so many people reaching out that I really can't even help them, mm. and there's so many brothers who are who have reached the the, um, the level of of love and education that they want to help their people, but we don't have it. Mm -hmm. Our problem is right now is our, the fastest growing millionaires in our community are athletes, yeah, but they don't give back to the community in the right way. And then I don't think it's because of of um, them not wanting to. It's because the people who are leading them in that direction. Most of the people who are handling them are, are, are European people or white people. Mm -hmm. So they're going to actually get them to donate and, and support organizations that they are familiar with. Right. When I just had a conversation, I was looking at one of my young fellows who made a big donation to an organization. But I'm still struggling. Our organization is struggling. But they see me. But but they don't get the ability to to make the donation because it has to go through their business manager, through their accountant, through whoever have you, and they're not familiar with doing stuff in the community. Right, and it's probably they probably also have a negative uh, sort of idea mm -hmm. of 
what's happening in the community. Right. Because one thing that always, um, I'm from South Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I think one thing that kind of always stuck out to me um, about, like, for example, there's a guy right now named Darius Geis, plays for uh, LSU, topping him or representing him over at the, uh, so he's going go to go into the draft. And when they talk about Darius Geis and where he came from, it's where my mom and them from, the bottom yeah. in South Baton Rouge. And they talk about it as a place that's inherently evil, mm. that he beat the odds and all of this stuff. And don't get me wrong. If you grew up on Carolina Street or any of those places like that, you yeah, was, was at Trent Road. <laughs> were, you I know what I'm saying? If, if you was at a disadvantage, but it's not hell. Yeah. There are I people know. down there that are working, honest people that want to see their community do better, mm-hmm. that want to see their community evolve. And I think a lot of times we preach escape exactly. rather than evolution. You know what I mean? We can't really talk about areas like ain't nobody there worth it, – it, it's, it's going right. to be hard. You know, you know what I mean? So how do we then – how do we then convince even some of our, our, our people that are living in these areas to – as much as you want to get out, but take pride in fixing – the community that you come from rather than ascending to a different one it's right like right now like i live in my neighborhood still i still live in my neighborhood i just live up the hill from where i grew up on where i grew up on arlington uh, um and i live up the hill from my neighborhood in my neighborhood right now yeah and that's really what it is a lot of vast majority of the friends that we have we we were friends since five years old that's um a key to where gangs are right. um and then i meet a lot of people who are civilians who don't have that connections to the friends that they had when they was five years old. But most gang members have the friends and associates from being babies. Right. And that's how you 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 have a connection to your community. Right. Because the people who are from the community, you know, build a bond. Right. And so it has to be those who come from the community to reach back. Right. Like, for instance, athletes who come from the community should reach back to the community. And that's the problem. That's what I was talking about when I say most of our, 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 our millionaires or athletes, they don't reach back. And because they don't actually have a real genuine connection because sports take them down a different road. AAU yeah. traveling, traveling. They're gone. They see They're different things. Really yeah. in the community. Right. You know what I mean? It's their cousins, their uncles. or The friends. people that still have to live there. Right. right. So that millionaire, once he makes it out of college and into whatever sports he's in, mm-hmm. he don't really have a connection to – the hood. He just know where he came from. Right. And if most of the friends that he have are friends who either ball with him and didn't make it with him, or friends he met in college and going on, mm-hmm. and that kind of moves them in a different direction. Right. So I don't tend to blame them. I just say that more of our people die from guns than they do from cancer. Mm-hmm. More of our people die from um, from being killed in the streets. Than they do from lupus and all these other things that, that, that are being donated to. And that, that's not a knock on these other things, but the problem in our community is that we are killing each other, we are poisoning each other, and we need people to focus on those issues. All right. You know, and, 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 and that's, that's what it is right now. So, how do you feel like, because we're talking about, especially in Los Angeles, like I'm not from here. So right. we don't have any gang culture where I'm from. It's all neighborhoods. It's all it's all this and this and that. Do you think that 
the L.A. gang culture as it is right now can coincide with clean, safe, and good communities, or does that have to end? It's definitely doing it already. Right now, I've been home in 2004. I mm-hmm. came home in 2004. Right now, in 2018, the um, the gang murder, the gang violence in Los Angeles, California, which is surprising to most people, is the lowest it's been since 1967. And really? That's, yes. We are, we are safer now as far as gang culture since I've been home uh-huh. and got involved with the gang with the gang intervention program through the mayor's office. Uh-huh. Uh, um, it's a grant that was written by Don Feinstein um, maybe 15, 20 years ago. Uh-huh. And it funnels to help so-called gang leaders or gang influence in those communities to run in programs like mine. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is developing option. And what we do, I have 11 employees. Some are blood, some are Crips, some are Mexicans. And they go out and they help deal with issues in L.A. This has been, it has had an overwhelming effect. So unbeknownst to most people, we are at the lowest we've been since 1967. Hmm. In L.A. right now. Mm-hmm. You, and see what, so what I did was when I came home in 2004, I was back with Corrupt Me, Sugar Corrupt and all that running around. You remember when I was with Sugar. Sure. And then I found Nipsey. And then me, I took Nipsey. Me and Nipsey went to Steve. Steve, we went to New York, got on. Steve Lobel. Steve Lobel, yeah. Yeah. You guys, let me tell you something. If you listen to this podcast, you heard Steve's name, you think you don't know who Steve is. Mm-hmm. If you see Steve's face, you automatically know oh, this dude is one of the big, you see him everywhere. Yeah. It's crazy. Everywhere. You see a picture, it'll be Nas, Hove, and then Steve. And you'll be, it'll be, and you, and everyone be like, yo, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, Steve is a shout out to him, man. He's been doing this thing for a long, long time. Very important. One of those behind the scenes movies and shakers that's very, very important to to, to hip hop and to the culture and stuff like that. So, shout out to him. So, what we did when I came home, like I said, when I came home from prison, my idea was to change the culture of LA. Uh And my idea was if we can just deal with the color line. When Nipsey came out, the difference between Nipsey and most rappers is Nipsey was the first rapper to say a set and not a city. Most rappers come out representing Compton, Long Beach, Watts. Right. Nipsey came out, the only thing he said was rolling 60s. Yeah. Never, no city, L.A. And we was, the consciousness was when I was doing his videos first in the beginning was mm-hmm. we don't want to put nothing crossing nobody out, dissing nobody's set, because in my mind I had a vision if we can just get the color line part down. Now, red or blue is not so offensive because even Crips wear red and Nipsey was wearing red uh-huh. and people were sweating me about that. Why he wearing so much red? Because well, what's wrong with red? Right. And so that was a design plan that we had. Uh-huh. And so now you see where the first, the first, we had a mentality or a bull mentality where if you seen red in LA, you automatically got to go off. Right. If you see blue, you automatically go off. So now when you start destroying that cutter line, you get people a chance to think. Right. Now you don't know what set he from, and you see everybody wearing every color. Mm-hmm. And that takes the violence down uh, a tremendous, you know, it takes it down tremendously. People stop jumping off the window on site. On site. Yeah. And so now you see our young people, it's still a gang culture because when I left in, I left in, in um, 91. When I left in 91, it was probably, what, 30% of the, 20% of the people gang banging mm-hmm. and, and, and affiliated with gangs. Mm-hmm. I come back in 2004, it's 90% of the people affiliated with gangs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then now, uh, I was laughing with my boy Wack. I was like, man, y'all really didn't tripping. Y'all got everybody claiming blood. Just like, 
And it's I so mean, terrible. You got to get a. I said, I'm, I said, I'm gonna do a video with a uh, with these uh, uh, execs and somebody come in trying to rap. And after you do a spit, say, yeah, we're going to give you a bag, but what gang are you going to choose? <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing now. I mean, listen, well, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. It, 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 the first time I'm not going to – it's rappers from down south Louisiana that's, that was, uh, you know, I'll say it, I'm not dissing them at all. I'm just saying, like, I was surprised to hear when Wayne was doing that, um, first of all, because it was always my understanding that that was something that you joined when you were a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I did. I don't know. I'm completely green about it. No, no, no clue. We like I said, we don't have it. But it it, it was something. Something now I see the guys that are uh, are a little bit further along in their careers yeah. that they 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 have those affiliations. And what I always wondered is, and maybe you can shed some light on it for for people that may not be from LA or or, or don't know, like why it seems like the cool thing to do at this point. Why? Why does it seem well, like it's it's like the 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 hot thing just in the industry? Not so much even for the, the kid can, that has to do I it. I can address that because I I get that question all the time. Well, it's almost like when you come to L.A. and because L.A. is the epic center of where gang banging started, the way we do it. Yeah, gangs is not new. Sure, in the United States of America, but the way we do it, as far as the culture of, of uh, Crips and Bloods, is if you're gonna be moving to L.A. And you're going to be moving around L.A., you are going to need some kind of affiliation. Right. Now, where you take that affiliation is where people start losing it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, if you if you come to L.A. and you and it's a bunch of Crips and Rolling Sixties and Bloods and, and all these different gangs that's in these clubs uh-huh. and you wearing this bling bling, it's almost like, you know, you need security. I see. So it makes sense. In a, in, a, in a lot of ways, to be affiliated, but where you take it, when you become offensive, disrespectful, and start trying to, you know, overtly be this Mr. Gang leader and gang, whatever have you, then you tripping. Right. But if you come in and you know, it's like having security. Right. If you, if I do the same thing, if I go to New York, I check in with my boys in New York. I go to Atlanta, I check in with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's respecting, it's respecting line. I go to Houston, I'm gonna call Jay. I mean, it's just things that I do, and, right. and it's, it's natural to to what people do. Even the United States of America do it. Right. You don't go to other countries and just pop in. So you're explaining something right now that a lot of people are talking about. Um, checking in, uh, my boy Charlemagne. Uh, just had somebody on his show um, a couple of weeks ago named Takashi Six Nine. You familiar with this guy? Yeah. <laughs> the room is already laughing. <laughs> I said the name, and the room is already laughing. Now, it like this is what happened. So, one of his big things is he's poking the bear. He's saying on the Breakfast Club, eight million views. He coming to LA. He ain't checking in. He went to Houston. He he, he got into it with the princess and stuff like that. Is for 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 people that don't know exactly what checking in is, maybe explain it and tell us what you run the risk of when you don't do it. Well, let me say checking in is different. I guess it's a different way to say it. That kid is all the way being steered totally wrong. Period. I don't even know how to say it. Um, period. First of all, um, I don't respect the movement. Because if the movement is based off buffoonery, then it kind of stops right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, how can you address buffoonery? If yeah. you're going to disrespect the whole city and the whole state, and, you know, it, it's buffoonery. Just, right. just, just, to, and he says it himself. 
You know what I mean? But checking in to me is about, I'm definitely going to check in if that's the word because I'm going to let my family know where I'm going that I'm coming. Right. And in the, the way the gang culture is now in L.A., it's almost like it's Crips and Bloods in every state that you can go to now, people who, who claim you know affiliated with it. So it's different for me. Yeah. But for somebody else, like I said, if you're in the entertainment business and you're moving around and you're disrespecting the culture, it's it's not good to me. You know right. what I mean? Um, and I mean, let me say I spoke about, I did an interview, I spoke, no, I did some of my live about Cardi B. Mm-hmm. I didn't personally see what she she said mm-hmm. as being disrespectful. You didn't think that was disrespectful? I, di- I think that she claimed something and that's the that's the vernacular that they use, uh-huh. and I and I feel like it's wrong to jump off on her when it's everybody else doing it. Right. And then the next week, somebody else saying the same thing. Yeah. I don't know her. I've never done no business with her. I don't. You know. I'm not yeah. even in the future of doing it. It's just that I see it as now. I can't say something, but Chris Brown, all the rest of these dudes, you know, who not from LA doing it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, why does that make her? You know, so specifically, but wrong. I do feel where other people can be offended. So I, I, I feel like I can see where they would be offended. Like, no, that was disrespectful. Yeah. So I can see that too. You know right. what I mean? I can see both ends, and it's just. But what six nine is doing is totally different than what happened with her. Well, you how you feel like it's different because he verbally and his crew is verbally disrespecting. You know. A city, you disrespecting the culture. Right. I'm not gonna never go in there, and I wouldn't even let nobody who's affiliated with me go and say, you know, muck New York, yeah. muck Atlanta, muck. I'm not gonna ever do that. I'm not even gonna allow it. You know what I mean? I, me being somebody who knows life and death, and people losing their lives, I would, I would check my people before they ever, somebody else ever gets to check them. Right. You know right. what I mean? I and that you. shows you where the leadership is. In his camp, the people who's influencing him, you know what I mean. That yeah. shows you the the knowledge and, and the respect for life that they've been through. They haven't been to multiple funerals, you know, day in day out. They haven't seen their family fly back in a casket from another city or state that they've been in. Right. You know what I mean. That's a testament to the people who's influencing him. The, a lot of these things to me, I feel like, are influenced by the internet. And the reason why I say this is because oh, yeah, the, internet. <clears throat> the internet lets you become. Uh, a human avatar, like you're not a real person, right? So, it, it, if if you're on it, if if you're on the internet, you can dress yourself up and then just say that's what you are. Yeah. So that's how you can go from being, and this is not my opinion on one specific person. This is just what I know of the internet. The internet, you can you can put a cowboy hat on <laughs> and stand next to a horse three days out of the week, and you're a cowboy. Yeah. Doesn't even matter if you know how to ride the horse. Does even matter if you know how to rope the horse. That is true. You can be scared of, of everything around. You can be petrified of the horse. But if you stand in front of the horse with the hat on, you're a cowboy. You're a cowboy. Um, so the difference is a lot of people got kicked in the fucking head by the horse. Okay? A lot of people crack their skulls to be cowboys, and they don't appreciate if you claim to be one and you're not one. Right. So when you're when you're watching an interview and someone's saying, I'm saying all of this, and I can go to L.A. whenever I want. What do you think? What goes through your head? Um, it would be perfunery. And if, and if, well, honestly, if cats from LA allow it, then I think that's wrong. Uh. Because they're not dis. I don't profess. It's not even a game banging thing. It's 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 a, a a culture thing. But then 
I had later on got a little more information. I think somebody had disrespected him. Yeah, yes. So he. it was more like blood on blood, and he was only talking to them. Right. But the way it was perceived, and the way you 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 I you, see. you you put the message out, it mm -hmm. becomes offensive to everybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I feel you. I feel you. So, in terms of w what are your goals, if 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 I made you in charge. Uh, first of all, what community did you grow up in out here? The Crenshaw community. Crenshaw community. Mm -hmm. So if I made you in charge of that community, what would your goals be um, for the community short-term and long-term? What do you want to see fixed I right wanna, away? Well, because we actually trying to, and we're doing a little, is we having a little bit of success. I'm uh -huh. going to say not overwhelming success because uh -huh. even in our, my, my different, where I'm from, we had conflicts with ourselves, but uh -huh. we are, I would like to see more focus on our kids getting into electronics, into um, developing. Mm -hmm. um, Nip is big on goals. that. Yeah, Nip is good on that. We was both on. He got somebody else he dealing with, and I'm doing some things that we doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, it's like the same synergy. You know, mm -hmm. we can help each other. But I would really like us to change the way we look at education. Mm -hmm. uh, um, as far as getting our kids to view education as um, the way out, instead of. Like I grew up, you're a nerd, and, and it really kind of, you know, if you're reading, you you was a nerd. I went through it. And if you if yeah. you're trying to be successful in a way opposite of selling drugs, right. you you a square. Right. And um, like you said, the internet, I think is, I don't want to say it's terrible, but I think we need to we need to be able to find a way to take social media, and identify, you know, the the, the buffoons and. The people that's not really positive, and in saying that, I would want to see kind of what the Black Panthers did. If I had my choice with my organization to be able to feed our kids proper food and give them proper education, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I say if I had a billion dollars right now, it would go towards our sports program, food program, and, and living in hygiene. Because that's very important. Right. The education is going to be what everybody has to have right. to change the level of education and then go with the education outside of school. Because I got mines from outside of school. I, I didn't actually get mines in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I had to get mines because I messed up, too. So I'm not going to blame it on the school system. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to blame it on myself because I could have took advantage of a lot of things. Right. And I didn't. But I, I would take those those four to five pillars, and those would be my stake in um, doing. That's not what I do now. We're just not able to reach a large amount of people with the with the finances that I have. Right. But need a little bit more gas for it. Yeah, we need more gas. We need facilities to be able to do it because right now I do everything out of with the help of Crenshaw High School. Now Horseman High School is coming on to help us uh -huh. and uh, helping the facility. We pay so money, so much money to the city. What people don't understand is. Now be through on the through beyond the bell. You got to pay forty five to fifty dollars an hour just to practice at these facilities and to um, um, play football games. We have to pay the city now to use grass. Wow! And it wasn't like that, and it's not even like that in other states. But it's a challenge to even service kids now. You know what they? they I'm I'm in zero criticism of anybody's lifestyle. You know, I, I don't. I believe in live and let live. If you're not hurting anyone, but the older I get, the more I start to ask questions to myself, like not who am I not hurting, but who am I actually helping? Right. And so brothers are getting money. Yeah. 
They're getting money. And when you hear something like 40 or 50 bucks to for football, to you that's a strain because you're trying to do stuff all the time. But I see a lot of people spending fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars on chains. And I'm with it. Listen, you talked about a billion dollars. You know what the first thing that popped in my mind was? Yacht. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I should have been thinking about the community, but when you said a billion dollars, I was thinking, big pimping, 2018, me, Brazil. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm talking about, Jason. Jason knows. Hey, let me tell you something real quick before we go on. Shout out to Maddie over here. Y'all see Maddie with the uh, with the glasses? Yeah, everybody. Maddie, uh, Maddie. Maddie right here. Here's the thing about Maddie. Do you? Maddie's married, but him and his wife have an arrangement. Did you, you don't know this, Big U. No. Maddie is allowed to cheat, but only with black women. For real? Yeah. Uh, only, 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 like, only with black women. Maddie is allowed to cheat. First of all, this is my first time speaking on this podcast. <laughs> on this, this is the third time mentioned. This is completely false. <laughs> Fake news. People need to understand... The van is the hey. van is the biggest troll in this office. I was going with it, and his whole was, goal is to deduce you to a clown that's because not, that's, that's what he is. he is. He wants to bring big. everyone to that's his not, level. That's, that's not true. He calls Lauren the rapper lover. Okay, he, call, he calls me the cheater. I, I didn't say that you were cheating. It's not cheating. He says Jason doesn't clap for black people. Like, it's like is that is that is not. And it's I'm not, not with it anymore because your 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 wife allows it. Right. Yeah, Maddie, it's not cheating because your wife allows it. That's cool. I was just thinking when when you. But when Big U said the yacht, I was thinking to myself, wow. well, when he said billion dollars, like, we get a yacht, how many black chicks could Maddie get on the yacht with him and his wife? Y'all could play. My wife it. and I are about to celebrate four years together. Oh, and, give it up, you guys. And zero, zero cheating. Zero cheating. So I'm going like to keep, keep checking along. That's not cheating. If you got permission, right? Um, uh, but, but, so, it, how do you... We were talking about giving back and stuff like this. How, how do you compel the people that have transcended, be they rappers, be they athletes, be whoever they are, to reinvest in the community if they've? I haven't. I have. I have. Um, I haven't. I haven't been able to exactly master that. Mm-hmm. Um, because Nipsey I, does. You like you, yeah. you, what's your relationship with Nipsey as far as that? Like you, you guys work together? Yeah. You know, I found Nipsey. Oh, uh, yeah. Nipsey out. Yeah. Right. Nipsey he was already rapping, but Nipsey does. Nipsey, Nipsey is big on it. Well, no, Wiz is big on it. Mm. Wiz, Nipsey does. I think Nipsey is going into it mm-hmm. more now, but Wiz is. Wiz is helped. Wiz, T.I., uh, Josh Smith, some of the, just some of the people, uh, um, Draymond Green, have been major supporters. Um, um, Dwight Freeney, um, let me see, oh, oh, I'd be remiss not to say names, Steve Lobel, Jamal Rashid, Molly Maul, um, these are guys who have been major supporters in helping us to move, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Nipsey has lended his name in many ways through concerts and shows. Um, the concerts that I've done over the years have been a major help in let us do what we're doing. What people don't realize is that uh, the last event we just had was the uh, Black Tie Banquet that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is show, set that up as an awards show right? to say thank you to people who are being positive. And we need help with that. That's, mm-hmm. if that's uh, I should have said that. The one thing I want to do is to be able to set up an inner city community uh, awards show. 
that would go to give awards to people. Our kids can choose the people who are influencing them in a positive way through whatever they do in sports, music, and uh, um, entertainment. And that's the developing option awards show, awards banquet. Mm -hmm. And what we did was, we with, with wisdom help, we got every kid a free tuxedo from age five to fourteen. Did mm -hmm. we have? Um, we couldn't. Do you understand how how powerful that is? I mean, you know, we, I didn't put like it, I, I know we did a young men don't put suits on in some of these neighborhoods until it's time to go bury somebody, right? Right. Or go to court. Right. Young men, they don't put suits on in celebration. A suit is seen as something that you have to wear uh, at a solemn occasion. You go into court, you like like Lauren said, you putting somebody in the ground, or either your grandmother dragging you out to church on Easter. Right. You don't put a suit on to go be fly, to go celebrate, to go do anything. So even situations like that, even just having those young men get fly to go celebrate something changes their programming on what it means to be sharp mm -hmm. and, 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 and to be shy when you got to do something. We, we, you know, we also gave them etiquette classes. So we Word. had, we, yeah, we had a teacher come in to teach etiquette, um, you know, how to use it for us. Because um, it's the stuff that, that I didn't get. My mother was the one who taught us about etiquette because she's from the South. And I wanted them to, all of them, we had the girls, the boys, learn how to use forks, how to sit down, how to pull the chairs out. And my mind is, like, the, my football team is not the best team in L.A. at all, mm -hmm. the little Pop Warner team that we have. Mm -hmm. But I, I like to give them stuff. We took a couple of hundred kids to Magic Mountain, to Disneyland. We took them to uh, the Black Museum. We take them to the Science Fair. And these are things that I like to take the kids to do so they can have something to help develop, you know, their culture. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not all about football. And um, I really feel like them getting dressed and uh, being able to take their mothers out and learning how to treat their mothers and learn how to treat women was very important to me. Because mm -hmm. I've been with my wife since I was 17. Oh, I mean, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We met, and uh, she was still in high school. I was a dropout. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. She was keeping up. All right. She was holding it down. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I always feel like a lot of times the kids come to my house, the only place they really see a family unit is at my house where mm. the mother's there, the kids are there, and, and, and you get to see a husband and a wife go through the struggles of life mm -hmm. and growing old together. So we met when we were 17, and uh, she about to turn a certain age. I can't really say. I feel you. I feel you. Know, but, yeah. But you know, she stayed down all of those years through your ups and downs. Prison. Yeah, yeah, God, definitely. Oh, man. She is the Winnie Mandela. And I keep telling her to write a book, you know, but she finally getting in the mindset to want to write one. And so I, she met with some people. So if anybody want to help her write the book, yeah, that, that's, she is that's, the one. that's amazing. She is the one. She went through me being, you know, not the best guy, mm -hmm. you know, tripping and all that, and yeah. you know, staying down, and uh, you know, I love her to death. You know, yeah. she's my best friend. Rather, uh, that that that's amazing. That's very in, in, important to see too. Uh, your relationship with her, do you feel like you could have achieved some of the things that you've done? No. As a, didn't even let it yeah. <laughs> wouldn't have been well, possible. Well, the, the importance of having, and I always hear, I used to always hear people say you got to have a backbone, sidebone, whatever she may be, mm -hmm. is that the thing that she offered me was, especially while I was gone, going mm -hmm. through my transition, was the, the comfort of knowing that somebody is there. Mm -hmm. The comfort of knowing that whatever I'm going through, I can get home and it's going to be a meal there. Right. You know what I mean? And I can get home and it's going to be somebody that's going to be there to come to me. Right. Um, like I said, I'm definitely not 
uh, uh, I, I don't I don't smoke, use drugs. I don't do none of that. Uh-huh. I never did. Uh-huh. Almost everything I did, I did is sober. All the bull crap. So if you know, if I get into heaven, I get into heaven. I'm working for that. Yeah. But you need to have everything I, you did sober. I did it sober. That should scare the hell out of y'all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I should scare the hell out of it because anybody anybody could could tip could tip the same eyes and go out and get live. Right. But but when you but when you sober, right. Yeah, unless you know he had it on his mind. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, cool. So so you you were saying about your relationship with her helped focus you. Yeah. Well, and I think when I not 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 I think I know because it was the comfort the knowing that I can count on. It being done when it needs to be done, mm-hmm. and I can go focus on this. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, trust in the fact that you had somebody who was going. Now her spending habits are terrible. Oh yeah, I want to leave yeah, the door. Like I want to leave every time we get mm-hmm. that bill. Right, I feel you. Oh my god, but that's the way it goes, though. Man, that's the price you pay. Literally, the price you pay. Literally. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Does, in your opinion, does because we've seen a when you were doing when you were doing your thing back in the 80s um it the LA gang culture was just starting to become legendary i think there were music made it legendary right. colors made it legendary i lived out my family lived out here for a couple of years i think it was from 89 to 92 we lived out here riots happened my dad was like yo we got to get back um in inglewood and 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 hawthorne uh things seem to be really live then and now you hear about gang culture you and the dangers of it you hear about it mostly in chicago you know what i mean you hear about it mostly yeah. in terms of just people going crazy and all the, all, all the murders and stuff you know, like that's that. crazy because it's not even like i spoke at harvard i spoke at harvard uh university okay. a couple of years well, yeah. seven eight years ago when they was trying to just really kind of like figure it out and what i was explaining to them was because i lived in chicago uh-huh. what, what's going on with chicago is 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 more not more gang culture, but more displacement. Because mm. I'm gonna give it to you, and, okay. and this is a fact. When they started breaking the projects down, you started spreading people who were used to being in the projects, three, four thousand people under one rule. Right. Now you start displacing them all over the city of Chicago. Yeah. So now you have pockets of dudes who may have been um, GD, Vice Lord, or whatever. Now they're moving to these different neighborhoods right. where they're f- not familiar with. Right. So you may have four or five that's just now carving out their place in that area. Mm-hmm. And where they used to have leadership in one place who would tell them their orders of the day and their followers of the day, it don't ha- you don't have it no more. So now you got different pockets of young people who are kind of like starting to move on their own. Right. And that's exactly what what's what happens in what's happening in Chicago. Mm. And and uh, that's why that kind of blew up. So now you got these young dudes who who don't have no structure who are trying to figure it out like we were when we were 16, 17, 18 coming up young young in in um in LA in the gang culture. Right. You see them doing that. Young mm. access to gangs, I mean, access to guns, drugs coming from every state and getting money. And really, like, if it's five of us, who we listening to? Well, I'm listening to anybody. All right. But I'm still representing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a different, it was, it's a, in Chicago right now, it's a different kind of, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. gang situation. I right. lived there for some years, so I, right. I seen it when them, and I seen it when you move the projects, like. Robert Taylor Holmes and all those places all those like that. Got knocked down Cabrini, and they start yeah. moving the people, you start displacing them. Right. In different places, and they popping up, and they represent. 
Yeah. They ain't going for that bull crap. I'm uh-huh. from right over here. But still, though, we over here now, but this is ours. Right. It's enough of us for this to be ours. I guess the question I'm I'm, I'm getting at is anywhere, mm-hmm. does gang culture need to end in order for us to have better communities? It definitely needs to. It, 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 well, let me say it needs to transition into what it, it's, it's, it's supposed to have been in the first place. Uh-huh. Meaning that even when the gang was started, gangs weren't started with the intention to be violent, killing, and and, and looting and robbing and and being a uh, uh, um, uh, um, being a burden to your community. Uh-huh. Um, Crips and Bloods. Well, let me say, Cripping was meant to be something that was going to be helpful from the mind of a young person who who were going to do that. What it morphed into is something different. Uh-huh. When I was getting ready to come out of prison, I was sitting down. We was at the table. Um, I I did like I said, I did the three years and nine months in the hole. Uh-huh. I got out the hole. And I was on the main line for 21 days, and I used to be chopping up with some of the some of the older homies, OGs, and it was like, "What you wanna, what you wanna do? Like, what's the plan? What you, how you gonna change?" I'm like, "What well, you? Well, I'm gonna try to change the community into getting conscious about voting, conscious about being becoming men." Mm-hmm. I read this book by Naim Akbar, "Visions for Black Men." I think that's one of the most important books for 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 young people to read, or or men and black girls and boys to read, because it talks about the uh, um, the natural growth from being a boy, man, malehood, and all of the decisions you make, what you want. And it's like in gangs, they join gangs to be ignorant, to, to have the right to be able to not, you know, not have no responsibilities, lean, smoke weed, drugs, and just do anything Wild negative. Out, yeah. But why can't it be that you are, you are doing something positive for your community? Mm-hmm. It still goes back to the mindset of, you know, how you going to represent where you're from? No matter what people going to represent, they all lived on this one block. That's how it starts. It's three or four boys or girls that live on one block. They start a cheer team. They start this. They start that. Whatever have you. Yeah. Now, if it morphs into something bad, now they call it a gang. Mm-hmm. But if they doing cheer, and long as they doing cheer, it's still it's cheer. Some, right. It's positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So no, I get you. It, I don't understand it, what you're saying. It's where where are we going with it? Uh-huh. Like if you are OG, and I say this all the time, but you representing something negative, and, and when people see you, they come in, and it's a negative, and like your impact is negative. You're not influencing this. My my kids, OSB, OSB shit, my rap group. Uh-huh. I, I implore them to do positive rap, to say stuff, but they with the culture. Right. So they're going to say certain things. Yeah, yeah. And then they feel like, I don't want to influence they, 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 um, their voice to the world. Gotta let them be artists. Yeah, but I still want to say, look, why can't you say something positive? Right. If you want to say that, say it this way. How about that? Uh-huh. And either they listen to me or not. I'm old. I leave the studio. I get the studio time. I put the studio and I roll out. I see. You know what I mean? Now, when you said you 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 cut your hair back in the day, when you cut your hair, did you cut off a Jerry curl? I cut off a Jerry curl. <laughs> why was he setting me up for that? How did I know that? I never even saw pictures of Big U from back in the day, but I can picture him with the Jerry curl. I knew, I knew it was a Jerry curl. Listen, <laughs> it is it, 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 y'all don't understand the Jerry curl movement, and I thought that I knew what it was until I got to L.A. Back home in Louisiana, if you had Jerry curl, you're probably a lunch lady. You're probably a lunch lady. You're handing out sandwiches. When you got really? to L.A., bruh. The Jerry Curl was different in Louisiana. It was different. You know what I'm saying? It was a different thing. You had a, when I got to L.A., 
You couldn't play with a nigga in a, with a Jerry curl no. in L.A. in '89. The drip. Did he was it, it, it was the 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 smell of the Jerry curl was the smell of death. It, 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 yeah, it was like. Here, here comes, here comes, here comes, the, here comes the youth. Say it. Here comes Lauren being young. Say, Lauren, say something about your interpretations of words. To yeah, like, like, give, give Lauren the mic. What, what drip meant back in the day was drip. something that fucked up dripping. couches. Yeah, you was dripping yeah. all over everywhere. All over the couches. All yeah. over the couch. You had to have a drip. If your, if your, if your hair wasn't dripping and you didn't have it laid, then you, we, we used to walk around with the good Fred oil spraying it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you wanted it to be dripping. You wanted to... You wanted the drip. You, you wanted, wanted the Jared drip. curl yeah, to drip you wanted, down. You wanted it. You know, it was it was you wanted it because you knew it was wet. You wanted to. You didn't want no like dry Jerry no, curl. Dry Jerry curl get to puffing up and poofing and right. And it you know you can see where the new growth. How from. often did you have to like maintain the Jerry curl to get the drip? Oh, what would you do? Man. You had to. You had to keep it. You had to keep it rolled up and keep it oiled. And what was that shit in the in the gold bottle? I don't know. What, what was it? It was in the. It was in the. It was in the gold. Well, Good bottom. Fred is the one that pops in my head right now. Right. Good Fred oil, um, magnet oil. Um, so did you have like a drawer specifically with different oils to keep uh, it popping? You know what's funny, right? Uh -huh. We used to have rollers. It was the. It was the, the small rollers, the big rollers. I even had them. What you had, Big U? Come on, man. You got this red pill. Like, you guys, what you had? Oh, man, we had a perm, man. I had a perm before. Big, you had a perm, out. <laughs> Big perm? Had Back a perm, in the day? You know what I, mean? I didn't have no finger wave, though. A lot of dudes did, though, bro. Never had a finger wave. A lot wave, of dudes had finger waves. Finger wave. yeah. And then I had a perm. I was real young, though. My mother right. was, you know, my mother's a Scorpio. So, she okay. was, you know, she into that dressing up fashion. Yeah, getting Me, fly. myself, I'm going to wear the same shoes. These are my favorite shoes, favorite pants. Right. And I was my mother's only son. Mm. And uh, what's funny is my mother bought me my first blue rag ever. And then, cause, interesting. You know, yeah, she never even knew what it was. Oh, she didn't know. Oh, she didn't. She didn't. She our, didn't. Fan, our mothers never knew what game banging was. The generation now knows what game banging sure. is. Sure. My mother didn't know. She used to go to Tijuana all the time and bring us back gifts and toys and all that. Mm -hmm. And um, I asked her for a blue rag. I said, can you give me a. So my whole room was blue rags. All this. And she never suspected anything. No, it wasn't big yet. Oh, it wasn't, I see. It wasn't nothing like people would, you know, would would consciously know, like the blue rag in my pocket. And we went through. If you research it in the early in the early in the early 80s, 79, 80 when we was cripping, it was we was dressed different, and that's what was different when, we to, when I went to Chicago, because we would wear khakis, we wear dickies, we wear um, Stacy Adams, and we wear shirts buttoned down, creased and iron. When I got to Chicago, it was like a culture flip. They was like, "Why are you dressed up like you going to church?" <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. But it was like, nah, dude. I mean, when I got to Chicago, which was funny for me. Um, I'm, I'm I'm going to school. I'm in school, and and the brothers is asking me, "Do you know Michael Jackson? Do you know?" Because um, you're from LA. Yeah, from LA. You know right. um, Arnold from Different Strokes. Gary like, Coleman. Gary Coleman. I'm like, <laughs> nigga, I'm from Crenshaw. I'm from Crenshaw. <laughs> I know this. I know this cripping. I know right. this. You know, I, I, I know how to break a Uzi down. I know how to fix one. I know right. how to saw off a double barrel shotgun. What right. are you talking about? Right. But it was funny because mm. they didn't have no idea. On what we were doing out here, mm. and they and they really thought like I was a skateboarder and all that. I already been shot two times. Right. By the time I got out there, and I'm like, 
are you talking about? What's the most accurate depiction of L.A. life, 80s, 90s, like on TV, movies, or in, in, in songs that you saw and you was like, that's kind of how it was? Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Ice Cube. I mean, Ice Cube was us almost to the T. Um, I left and went to a certain state in 86, 87 when I got out, mm -hmm. and he talked about dudes in St. Louis want the corner back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the homies. Yeah. Um, and um, when he talked about uh, when Boys in the Hood, John Singleton, that was, that was shot in our neighborhood. Oh, wow. Train tracks is in our neighborhood. Cimarron is, is the block that I, uh, two blocks from where I grew up on. Yeah. The, um, the liquor store that um, um, where Ricky got shot, yeah. running from, is on 8th Avenue in our neighborhood. Why ain't Zach, you? Huh? Why ain't Zach? We ask this, these are the questions that why we ask in Louisiana. I, I, why ain't Zach? That fast. Let me tell you something, bro. He, why he didn't die? He, this, he can't, he, this can't outrun no bullet. This nigga Ricky, they pull up on Ricky. You feel what I'm saying, bro. Give him the mic. Give him the mic. You got zigzag or something. Like, give him the mic. Never, Ricky, never straight line. Give him the mic. Tell him who you are before we have this conversation. I'm five from the six, one half of OSB. Yeah, bro, so and I'm I, just saying, you never run straight. Why from you a gonna bullet. run straight? He got you a shotgun. Me? Never. You've been shot before, so you I know have. That. So I can't talk too much. But I didn't run straight. I tried to shoot back. Oh, so but, uh, you, somebody, <laughs> so you, you had somebody that been playing Call of Duty hitting yeah, looking at you. You feel me? Yeah. Like this was. I got quite. Listen, I don't know because like he didn't zag. Why didn't zag, bro? Because because the dude pulls up, you got the shotgun. First of all, Ricky was going to USC on a football scholarship. So I'm assuming that he's made some people miss before on the football. On the football field. <laughs> he didn't make that dude miss. He ran in a straight line. I don't know if you freaked out. And by the way, if I'm your boy and somebody pulls out with a shotgun, I'm not just going to yell your name and then watch you get shot. I'm going to be like, yo, Ricky Zag, nigga. <laughs> Catch a wall. Get down. Duck. I was hoping you wasn't finna make me look too bad. Because, you know, the funny thing about me is every time we had an incident, I was the one getting shot. I got <laughs> shot at the Boys in the Hood movie in, um, in, um. You got shot at the movie? At the movie. How many Boys times did it take to get shot for you go, maybe it's not for me? I don't know. I never. You never got to I that point? To that <laughs> <laughs> you never, you never, never get to a to point to where you go, because uh, I was, I'll never forget this moment. And listen, y'all can feel free to, to call me pussy if y'all want. But we're at Club Dreams. If you're from Baton Rouge, you know Club Dreams. One of my homeboys, Ryan, had, oh, damn. One of my home, take that out. One of my homeboys. Uh, uh, one of, you know my one, uncle owned Club Dreams. In Baton Rouge? The Sheltons. Interesting. The Shelton. Willie, Willie Shelton and Gary Shelton. That's, those are my uncles. That's my I'll tell y'all, Club Dreams used to go down. We had there was a whole little a whole little sketch there. I remember one time, I took my mama's navigator out there, Club Dreams, stand next to the navigator. Chicks come up. I tell them I was, I was playing for the Rams and shit like that. They believed us. They, they we was like seventeen. Um, but one time we was out there, and my boy Ryan had been. Excuse me. One time we was out there. One of my homeboys had been doing this thing for a while. I don't know. He's been my friend. He's still my best friend. He's been my friend since we was kids. We out there. Was y'all game banging? I wasn't game banging. He was. He was. He was in the. He was in the life. He was. Okay. Move. He was doing it at this point. He was getting it, it. Getting it. Because I remember something that you said earlier. Uh, it always struck with me that he said this. Said this to me. I'm having a situation now. This is a guy that I had known for a long time. Came from a um a situation similar to mine. Just got caught up in it, and got real deep into it. And I asked him one day. I was like. 
fam. Like we've been down for a long time. It was it was starting to bother me. I was like, yo, why why won't you stop? And he said, you know, if I decide tomorrow that I didn't want to do it anymore, it wouldn't matter because as soon as I ride my truck through the hood, people know me. Yeah. He's like, they're going to come to me. Mm-hmm. He was like, it, it's, a two, it's to a point now to where I might not even be able to jump out of it. It's going to be hard. But anyway, me and him was down there one time, and we're leaving the, the, we're leaving the situation. We get in the car. Niggas wait for us to get in the car. And all of a sudden, they jump out. They jump out, and I'm looking down the barrel of a shotgun. And he hits the gas. We speed off. Two cars speed off. They chase one car, catch up to one of our homeboys. He is no longer with us. Mm. That was all I needed. I needed nothing else. <laughs> like from that day, I, I called. I was like, "Yo, bro, I love you. If you need a heart, lung, or a kidney, this is the number to call. But as long as you're doing this, I can't." Rock no more. I was like, yo, I was legitimately, and I had been in situations where people had been, you know, just growing up in or whatever, but being in that mode, yeah. being in the mode where it was like literally like, damn, it shook me, but he was unfazed. A lot of yeah. people, they just, they get, they get, it, it, it's different. I it always wondered. It's, it, like, it's almost like being um, in the army. It's like, you know, where, you, you know, they shooting back. Mm. They shooting back. Yeah. You kind of yeah. get used to it, and it becomes a part of your, you know, your your makeup. Mm. You know what I mean? What's what's up with these guys? What's up with the OSB dudes? Like, let's talk to them. Oh, these, uh, let's, let's let's talk a little hip hop, man. What's next. up with y'all? Y'all get y'all yeah they, y'all they next up? Yes, sir. Come over here to the mic, my friend. Everybody's baby mama. Come on, hey, come yo. over here to the come over here to oh, the yeah. mic, my friend. You introduce yourselves to the people. Out there that might not know y'all yet. I'm five from the six. I don't smoke one. We OSB, we which on means some, on some bullshit. On some bullshit. Y'all on some bullshit. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Is, there, is that name? Does it, what's the significance of the name? On this some, dude came <laughs> up with the name for us, man. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Yeah. Prove but, that. What this is dude right here, man? Prove that. The name for us, man. I'm just, I'm just saying. Prove just, that. Hey. Hey, man, y'all on some bullshit, man. <laughs> and y'all, y'all been on the bullshit. <laughs> y'all just <laughs> came up with the name. It's that. Yeah. So uh, you, you're, 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 you're managing them, or they on your? You know, they signed my. Label. Signing your label? Yeah, yeah. they signed my label. Unique music. Unique got music. A song out right now that's all over the all over the clubs, all yeah. over the radio. Everybody, baby mama, y'all go check that out. Especially you know. strip clubs. It's called Everybody, baby mama. Everybody, baby mama. Text me last you know. Night like, oh my God, I owe you. Your song made me so much money. Oh well, he, he wants big. You want to know what the percentage is? If they, if the song made them a lot of money, like what 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 y'all giving up? Hey, look, that's my baby. You know what? That's what we got going. Yeah. <laughs> Where y'all from though? Where y'all from? Are we from LA? Born and raised. I don't meet too many people born and raised in LA, man. Everybody oh, come from Iowa or some shit like that. Well, well, what part I was of LA? Raised in 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 prison for the past like four years. We just we just came home too. He so just now we home. you just came I home. Just came home. So he keeping me straightforward and free spoke bullshit. One hundred percent where I'm supposed to be. What lessons have you learned? We we talked about a lot of stuff. You know, you're trying to do music and stuff like that. Just being around you, somebody who has a story that's full of the pitfalls. And what, what what have you learned from coming from that situation? Wisdom. Hard work. Once again, hold on for a second. Ooh. Now, did you guys see what just happened? Yep. Let's let's so <laughs> so listen so listen real real quick. Oh, he gotta get a fade. Real quick, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You hear what you're saying? Like, listen, we're talking about positivity. 
But he still got to We're talking about positivity. <laughs> what did Jason do? He knocked out the lights. I'm telling no, y'all, man. Jason, the kid, Jason is subversive. We we trying to talk about as long as we talking about the bullshit strippers, rah 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 rah. Yeah. Black man gets shot in the back. Jason's cool. <laughs> but, but like like Jason's cool. Damn, but as bro. soon as we start talking about what this man gonna do to stay positive, this man has a Rolls Royce insignia tattooed on his neck. He's trying to do big things, <laughs> and you you literally turned the lights out on this dude. Kick the lights out on him. Bro, could you please finish telling us like the positivity that's going on that's in your life? Saying, if it's before, okay before with we Jason, were so rudely interrupted, before we were know? so rudely interrupted, bro. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I was saying, he been trying to keep me straight, keep me out the bullshit. Cause mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, if you if you 20 years old, you go sit down for four years, you're like, oh, hold up, Maybe yeah, I need to switch switch around what I'm doing. But from him, like before, like I, I thought I was rapping before. Mm-hmm. Now it's like. 11 o'clock at night like oh we we in we in the studio all night from right. now till six in the morning right. whatever i'm doing drop it you know like it didn't I, I didn't know what that was before i was just hopping in the studio still be in the streets with the homies all speaking day. to the mic fam yeah, yeah i was yeah. just hopping in the studios still be in the streets with the homies all day and mm-hmm. pop in for two hours and be like oh yeah i'm a rapper like no like this <laughs> is a music course, it's a work taught me it's a music Business, you right. know what I'm saying? It's the music. Everything has a, a purpose. Everything has. Jump on. How did do. y'all? How did y'all meet? How did y'all hook up? How like? What's y'all's relationship? Well, me and bro, we we grew up in the same neighborhood. Oh, okay. Actually, look. You when, feel me? when when I was a kid, I used to play <laughs> basketball at Ladera Park. Mm. And I remember him. He come here. Oh, he come there tripping all the time. He never tripped on me. Right. Stalled you out a little bit. Uh, yeah, let you win. He was on some bullshit. He was right. up there like fifteen. Like I was like, damn. We like, both used to be running around crazy though. And uh, bro got locked down, and he was watching some of the stuff I did because we we was both solo artists. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, we come home. We finna put it together. Yeah, I had to. You feel me? And big dude made it official. Mm. You know where we went from. Reckless, you feel me? To you know, can't be. Got to keep This brings up an interesting story. I, this is something that a lot of LA people got to do. You got to let people know where they at in LA, and I'll tell you why. I had a trainer. Dude used to train me. We would like run stuff like that. Shout out to Sloan. I told Sloan that one day I was gonna tell this story because I don't know where I'd be at in LA. When I, when I see black people, I assume it's love. If I if, if I if I see I you and you to. black, I, I assume it's love. I'm like I'm from a place where you see black people, I assume it's love. We used to go down there and you know Dorsey High? Yeah, you used to go to Rancho Rancho Park. We we'd go to Rancho Park and stuff like that, and so I would meet him. The he would I would I would, what? I, I, right. I would meet him and and he would be like, yo, I'm doing something else. Like right a second, why don't you just jog? And so I'd be like, no problem, I jog. Jog up and down, MLK, jog all around, you know what I'm saying? Come back and be like, uh, my nigga, just to let you know, I don't think people want me down here. <laughs> it's like, it's like, 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 why? It's like, I, I jog through this bitch, and it's, it's niggas that stop doing what they doing. They wonder where you from. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's niggas that stop, you know, I got a trash bag on, like, I'm obviously working. I said, niggas that stop doing, and he's like, now, did I tell you to jog down Martin Luther King? I was like, no, nigga, you just said jog. What the fuck? He's like, he's like, he's like you ever see Training Day? I was like, yeah. That's what that was. That's yeah. what that was. Yeah. And it was real. And it was I didn't know. So it, so to me. Well, Tupac said you need to learn about your B's and C's. 
You dig? These niggas is real G's. How the f- we didn't know what that meant in, in Louisiana. We had no idea. Is if Pac said it, we was cool with it. We didn't know that other other niggas is copycats. These is G's. Right. I, I didn't know. I don't know what that means. You know how much shit that y'all say on these records out here, like uh, like YG would say shit, and I didn't know what he meant. I don't right. know what's going on. Right. I just it just sounds good. But I'm, I'm gonna use you and I'm gonna use y'all now as my resource, as what to do. So what do y'all hope to do in the music industry? Is my thing. Man, we just really want to kick in the door and just, you know, show the world who we are. You feel mm-hmm. me? Put out good music. You yeah. feel me? Just the real way. Me and bro, authentic. Everything we did is authentic. It's really us. Y'all no had gimmicks. Justin Bieber dancing to one of y'all songs. I seen oh, yeah, that's that. Lit. That's love. Yeah, shout, that's out, shout, shout out JB. Shout out JB for sure. He's yeah. you feel loving me? everybody's baby mom since we're going to keep it clean version right now. Yeah, you loving everybody's saying. baby mama? Yeah. Yeah. Really? What, what's the, no, you know, this thing though, you can say what's the, what's the. Oh, it's everybody's baby mama, but we're technically fucking everybody's baby mama. That's how the song goes. You know. That's how and the song goes. They having problems already. They having problems already? Oh, oh dudes it's is all over. It's coming from all over right now. Every <laughs> yeah, look, look, I had a dude, look, this, <laughs> this woman's husband texts him a picture from the audience of her on stage. I don't know how, her husband got this dude's number. No lie. Of us on stage and like, I knew that fucking song was about me. Like, uh, oh. Man. And then he immediately called her like, man, I already knew that song was about me. I'm uh-huh. like, dude, like, I don't even know you like that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, but, y'all you are, yeah. the, but y'all are fucking <laughs> everybody's baby mama. You are, you yeah, we me? might be, but still though. I you know, ain't putting no names out there. Specifically, it's about, you know, everybody. Now let me tell everybody. you something. It's not fucking his baby mama. It's fucking Ooh, everybody. Everybody's baby Let me tell you something. OSB, I feel like Songs for everybody. y'all need to know something. There's certain people in the room who love rappers. Lauren. You know right there? <laughs> <laughs> We, we it's model. being done. Lauren, the model, right there. Brandon is the first time in the podcast, right here. Y'all give it up for board Brandon. Brandon looks bored. What up? What up? One thing that I love about Brandon, Brandon's gonna be a part of the podcast now. He looks bored wherever he goes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, 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 like, like I, I would really feel like this podcast was whack you if it wasn't for the fact that there's nothing that I've ever done that that, Brandon is, that Brandon's ever been excited about. Yes. So if if Brandon was excited about something. That would kind of, I'd be like, yo, this is fucked a little bit. Triple X porno star. Not gonna be excited. Yeah. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. You. It, you can't. You. Everybody Rihanna excited. could come in here this room right now, and take her clothes off Rihanna's and do this interview bad. bad. Brandon wouldn't care. <laughs> Brandon would be like, nigga, I see that shit true. on the internet. I'm telling you, bro. Brandon. Brandon. Look how bored Brandon is right now. But it's Lauren, to be not bored, because there's rappers in here. Oh my God, no. <laughs> uh huh. So you, what you trying to say? You don't fuck with them? Well, I mean, I, it's because you fuck with everybody else. We've had rappers way less accomplished than these brothers. They had Justin Bieber dancing to their song. They on World Star right now. They on World Star right now. That's their second <laughs> video on World Star. We on, they, on, they, had, they had two videos on World Star. That's two more than any other rapper you'd have met. <laughs> That's two more. Did you do it? They're doing great. Yes, but I'm not. I'm not a rapper lover. Okay. Well, we'll make sure that y'all switch in. We appreciate the love. Yeah, they appreciate the love right there. Oh yeah, then we got it. I want to hear y'all song though. Can you play it? I, like I yeah. want to hear y'all song though. I just like music. He definitely is. Listen, let me tell y'all something. Let me tell. Let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all something. Let me tell you what I like about this particular interview. Y'all don't understand how important these messages are, and I'm being serious because. 
when we talk about the community, really anybody's community, we're talking about people. The only thing that we should be focused on as people is the attempt to do something positive. Right. These young men have said they've been through various things in his life. This brother was locked down. This brother could not zag. And the, 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 the things that have happened in life, all you can do is take stock and do better. Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah. You Am I wrong? No, like, no, you're 100% correct. So when you see young brothers like this and you're trying to help them and they, they're, they're doing their thing, they're making music, they're obviously making an impact. Part of that is obviously y'all want to make money, y'all want to get that yacht, you know, so Maddie and his wife can have the bitches or whatever. But partly also, I'm sure that you see yourself in them a little bit. Definitely. That, that's the reason why I kind of came back into music. Uh -huh. When I was finished with my son, and he's, um, he's at Reno, Nevada in college. So Forgot about this. Big U's son, yeah, Lil Michael Vick, yeah, he not playing quarterback no more. He not playing quarterback no more. We had a bad season in uh, our last year. His last year, he, we didn't have no receivers, so he really was kind of just running all over the place. So, what is yeah. he playing for? Is he he's in? He playing for Nevada? He playing Reno, Nevada. He's, he, he um he started a couple of games this year as a freshman, seventeen, just turned eighteen. He playing receiver, safety. He kind of like one of them. He play everything. Like slash, like a like do. athlete. But yeah, he, yeah, he's, a, he's a real athlete. Like he. Um, nah, bro. Are you supposed to stats? Yeah. And I would see the stats and be like, yeah, yeah. So, but they're not not playing quarterback though. Nah, they didn't take him as a quarterback because you know it's hard. It's uh -huh. so many. It's so many politics to to get to get that QB spot, uh -huh. and then you got to be everything compared to being the next thing to the next wherever, right. and then coming from. Our school and coming from a black community, it's a lot difficult, you know. Mm -hmm. So what they do is look what you don't do or didn't see. <clears throat> so, but I mean, he, he having fun right now. He, he having fun. He, he dominated. He, he he one of them kids never played the position and went up there and started. Yeah, natural athlete. Yeah, he he, he is definitely he's definitely one of them kids we're gonna see play on Sunday. Natural athlete. So y'all y'all got the fucking everybody baby's mamas. Are y'all gonna stop there? Or y'all gonna move on to fucking wives and fucking people's grandmas? We, you know, we, we, we just want to get better. You feel me? If it moves on to moms and <laughs> aunties, you feel me? I'm with it. <laughs> I'm all about growth. <laughs> oh my god, I can see it right now. Fucking your whole family, the whole, yeah. all the women in your family, your godmamas, your sisters. We taking them all down. Um, who's working with them? Like who y'all? Who y'all got with them? Like any? Like you know. Um, around the city, y'all got some some well, features. Well, really, really, to be honest with you, we didn't want to do no features on this project. No features. We wanted to come out and let them see that they really can get out. Because mm -hmm. it's like, if I go do it, then it's Big U doing it. Right. Yeah. If I go get Wiz, Ti, and all the rest of them to get on the song, mm -hmm. they'll never be taken for as rappers. Yeah. In three months, we got over fifty songs. Because oh, like he, like he said, y'all all working, man. Yeah, we, yeah. Trapping. we got features too, but they just in the cut. We ain't, you feel me? We ain't, ain't even We got that. features because we, we because people come to the studio where we working, mm -hmm. and they hear the music. Like once right. you hear the music, once right. I really get a chance that you hear the music, I want the music to work for them. Right. I don't want I don't want nobody to do it on Big U because people will immediately say that. They only getting that love because of Big U. Huh. You know what I mean? Because yeah. my my connection to the music. We not we didn't go. We ain't get no features from Nipsey, Ti, Wiz. We ain't no features from nobody. Right. Because we, I want them to get off on the music. Because when I went in the studio, how it actually came about, I was going in the studio with them with somebody else totally, huh. and I had a vision for them being that person. And um, Smoke and uh, Fire came with us and 
we had got some beef from Molly Mo. I'm old. Mm-hmm. I went to sleep on the couch. <laughs> I woke up. I hear the beat, and I'm like, "What is they saying?" Uh-huh. Then I doze off again. I wake back up. They say, "You got to hear this. Finish. You listen to it." I hear the song. I'm like, "Damn!" And they just basically jumped on it. Yeah, they basically jumped on the song. Mm. And then from there, I'm like, "Wow!" So then they made more music. So in about a, what about a week time? What about a week? Two weeks time? What? And I started seeing the cohesiveness that they had, uh-huh. and it wasn't like nothing I had seen. In a long time, because you got to remember, I'm kind of spoiled. My first introduction to music was Corrupt. One of the greatest lyricists ever. One of the greatest ever. <clears throat> then, from there, I was with Game for a while. Another um, dope lyricist. And, and and so I was listening to, I was seeing, when I, and I come back in 2004, I'm with Petey Pablo, and with all these different people, Ludacris and them all at this time. Mm-hmm. When I, I seen the work ethic, and I seen what they had. Mm-hmm. So it's something that the world, and I feel like, they really don't need no features. Mm. The only thing a feature can do for an artist is get them known. So a feature would get me, Wiz would get me connected to Wiz's five million followers. Yeah, just kind of brings his it, audience to them. That's what, that's, that's what that does. But when you really can flow mm-hmm. and you really can make music. If you got a hit, you got a hit. You got a hit, you got a hit. So I was like, nah, we not trying to get nobody mm. on um, um, the song Baby Mama. We gonna let the song go for itself. We got another song that's gonna be coming out, which is my favorite song. It's called uh, "It's a Struggle." Mm-hmm. We shooting videos. You gotta see they remix to. Um, oh, uh, to I Drake. just wanna fuck you. Uh, or that one? No, Dr. Dre uh, the Look Alive. The Dr. Dre shot. Oh, we gonna kill you. I, wait, I wait. promise you, Dr. Dre. Look alive is different than what, what, look alive. They did, they, we did look alive. The Drake that and the J- yeah, 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 yeah. That video was out now. Yeah. They did a look alive remake. Uh-huh. Like we did a look alive remake. Y'all did a we did uh the walk it like you talk it remake. That video coming oh, okay. out already yeah. shot. We did body at I'm, I'm about to put y'all on the spot. All three of y'all. Right now is a golden era. I feel like for West Coast lyricists. Lyricists. West Coast always been dope making music, but right now you got some ill lyricists. On the West Coast, who's the best rapper on the West Coast right now? Each one of y'all tell me. Well, I won't say best, but I say one of my favorites is Corrupt. Just off because I didn't seen this dude do a million words per second freestyles off jump yeah, for crazy. ten minutes straight. That's a legend. Yeah. Now, he's in the legend category. Yeah, he's in the Corrupt. Cor- corrupt is in the legend category. Yeah, definitely. Corrupt. Who do, who do you who do, who do you say? Uh, I think the best artist out of the West right now is probably. Kendrick and then OSB after that. Boom. Yeah. I was hoping when y'all would say y'all own selves. Y'all gotta believe in yourselves, Y'all gotta believe in yourselves. I mean, you know, the thing with me is I got a lot of artists who come at me. Uh-huh. Young, old, who who trying to come back in the game. I feel like the energy is is, is with them is is different. Uh-huh. Cause you know what I'm saying? Like you going to go do something else and then something else pop up. Yeah. And then I'm like for for like three weeks straight, I'm like, man, this is it. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, how can I get this done? I need to get this done. Mm-hmm. And then um, just seeing the music. Um, these when you when you hear the music and you because they they got they got um, a future feel uh-huh. with a um, a future the Kendrick Lamar with the with the uh, with the Drake. Uh-huh. 
Okay. And it's kind of like the all mel- of that. The rapping, the melodies, and the hooks, basically. It's more of that. It's more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, where will we put a feature? Where will we put somebody to come in? and? Because you're getting too that? many styles from them already, mm-hmm. I feel you. Y'all left somebody out when y'all was talking about the best rapper on the West Coast. Ooh, Ice Cube? Nah, nigga, me. <laughs> but you from the south? I'm, I'm from, but I'm on the west coast now. You know what I'm saying? Okay, man. I'm ill with this shit. Oh, look, 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 look. Lauren wasn't even paying attention, but now when I said that, she's like, "What?" <laughs> she said, "You rap? <laughs> Is he gonna spit something though? Am I gonna rap right now? Nah, yeah. man. Because I don't be liking. Nothing? I don't, you know, I don't <laughs> be liking to just." You not Freestyle. gonna do one bar? Nah, man. I don't, you know, because when you got the shit like I got it, you. I'm big, you, and I'm a hell of a six two. It's oh. on you. Oh, <laughs> got him a one, right? You yeah. got to go now, right? Nah, I'm not Drop going. On. Nah, I was just joking. I don't be rapping like but that. But you just let me fade you, though. And yeah. I'm old. Well, look, I, I, I told you before. But I'm old, bro. You can't let that First go. First of all, but you, you old, you but you was but you was in Louisiana. All the Louisiana is kind of like, if you watching in Louisiana, but this is the interview. He, like, yeah. Louisiana knows I'm about, I'm, about, I'm about essays. I don't know if you guys know, but I won the essay contest. 1997, I was a national merit semifinalist. So why don't y'all give it up for that? No, we got oh, terrible. You got, y'all are like, y'all, 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 y'all terrible. I tried to fake that, bro. I know you waiting for me to spit <laughs> a verse, Ron. I know something. you. By, by the way, how how old school was Big U's rhyme? Right, like, you can tell. You, know, you, know, you, know, like, you can tell Big U was around for the genesis of hip hop. Right. Listen, listen. Y'all could just see Big U with the Kango on. You got a feature actually from Big U on the song. Yeah. Y'all oh, no, you kidding me. <laughs> yeah, we, got, I hit you. we got one feature. That's one of our only features. You, got, <laughs> you, you, on, you on the song? That's a struggle, yeah, boy. That's oh, I told you my favorite song. Yeah, it's no struggle. wonder it's his favorite song. Because yeah. <laughs> you are. I wish bitch. we could play it, but you know, we, you know. But look. The Red Pill Podcast with Van Lathan. And this one here did not spit his verse. I didn't, I didn't no matter rap. how old my verse is. Let me tell you something. And how my old style was. Yeah, he his, spit it. Whose turn? But here's the deal, though. You're a rapper. We thought that you were just coming off the top of that. Now we know you was probably in the lab writing no that bar for like six hours. <laughs> like, like, you, you, was on, you was on the, the song with them. Not, I'm not rapping at all. It's nowhere you, near rap. You coming out. And by the way. By the way, it, I don't rap at all. I just, I'm just, I'm just talking. I'm just talking. I'm telling you, it's, it's, the song is about like the history of LA. It's uh mm. about I see where I grew up on Arlington, right mm-hmm. in the '60s. Okay, see, we had a crew in the '60s that kind of like took off. And we the ones that you see, like Big D managed school. When you say in the 60s, just for people that know, he's not talking about 1960s, a decade. Right. You're talking the about. Ro- in, 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 the, in the road of 60s. Road in, 60s. In, in, the, in the area. In the we Arlington. Yeah. And in the 60s, it was like 10 or 15 of us that grew up on this one street. Mm-hmm. And um, we are like the ones who's in music. Like me, I do music entertainment. Big D do music entertainment. Fat Donnie do music entertainment. Snoop. That's between Snoop and all the different people that we've done and dealt with. We kind of like the brain trust of people who are doing stuff in entertainment, S-Mac and um, with Floyd. We kind of have an interesting net. Um, Marquise over at over at me to, um, at Secret Sundays and um, oh OSM. word yeah 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 that's my nephew. That oh, was, okay, he grew up on the block that yeah, I grew up yeah, on. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. 
LJ and them better. LJ and them, right? Yeah, but all of them is our all of them is our babies directly from like that crew of the, of the AG. Shout out to LJ, by the way, man. Shout yeah, out to us, my guy over there, in China right now. You're not, you're yeah, not, yeah. Get, yeah. So God bless him. And hopefully we come back. You know, we you know he, mm-hmm. everybody know from that no LJ. We we, we rooting for him. But yeah, all of those guys. Yeah, man. Shout out to those dudes. I didn't I didn't I didn't realize that, man. Yeah. So last question I'll ask you, bro. Um, you know, obviously we've gone over your history, your present. What do you want? What's the most you, you got your your uh, your fingers in a lot of different things right here? You're wearing a lot of different hats. Well, I'm finna I, go to Kuwait. I want to just come back. You finna go to Kuwait? Yeah, I go to Kuwait on the 23rd with Steve Lobel. What y'all doing in Kuwait? We going to go speak. Then I look on the news and they bombing over there and somebody. They always just, bombing. They've been bombing over there since '91. I told Steve, I said, bro, do we still want to go? And Steve's talking about, yeah, we still got to go. I said, you sure? <laughs> you sure we still got to go? Don't let Steve get you I'm scared up. of bombs. I yeah, mean, yeah. I can handle shots, gunshots, but bombs? Bombs a little bit different. That's you can't, you can't zigzag different. that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little I'm bit like different. That, Steve, you acting like a white boy now. A little like, bit. That's the only time I've ever heard that Steve acting like a white boy. What's, what's, your, what's, your, what's your vision in the future? What, 10 years from now, what does Big U hope will have happened? 10 years from now, I would like developing option to be what um, the boys club is, what the YMCA is, and for us to have a 100% graduation rate from college mm. with our kids. I see. You know so these mean? kids enrolled in your program. In our 100%. program. I want 100%. I want 100% of the kids that, that is touched by us. And I would like to see developing option in our program all over, you know, the different states. It don't have to be my name. I don't have to be. It can be me helping people reconnect with their athletes or their people. They, they help come out the community, help rebuild their community. Where you come from? So the pride in that community can be there. Mm-hmm. People listening to this podcast, how can they help you make that a reality? Um, go to developingoption.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can make a donation or reach out some way to connect us. They can... Um, um, you know, find somewhere to reach out, connect, and help us to, you know, reach back to our community. Right. Especially the people who, if you're successful and you're not gonna go, you're not gonna lay down with the, with the, with the finances. You could help a kid. Right. And it's about knowing that what we are doing is is actually helping our kids. You know, helping actually reaching back to help change the community that we came from, and we are doing a great job at that. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we can use a lot of help to to continue to do it. Because most of it come from me. Right. I feel you. You know what I mean? And it's, it's a burden. That's the only time wife you get mad. <laughs> you spend the money on all these kids. Well, I'm going to go spend some money too. Right. All right. All right. I feel you. Listen, it's, it's important work. It's, a, it's good to see you take the lessons from the community and use them to improve the community. Y'all give it up for, for, for Big U. Time. We didn't get the verse. You didn't get my verse? You know what? How, how about this? Uh-oh. How about this? I'm going to write a verse because I can't freestyle. But I'm going to write a verse. And we're going to have Big U back. And we're going to rap. As a matter of fact, since Big U want to call me out on my own podcast, we're going to have Big U back. And at the end of the podcast, I'm going to battle Big U. I was just going to say that. Battle. You're going to go verse for verse. See? I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. He just told Big U he was going to write his rhymes. <laughs> he, he, just said, he, he just told Big U he was going to write his rhymes. Since we, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go you ahead. You gotta get somebody right, I'm, right I'm, in. I'm gonna go ahead and take an L right now, but we're gonna have Big U back. We're gonna have. We're gonna have Harvey write your bars. Jeez. <laughs>
Like it, it would be the wackest. You have no idea how whack it would be if Harvey wrote any bars for me or for hey, anyone. Else. I remember I was in prison. I used to watch Harvey. Oh, uh, what? Watch Harvey. <laughs> Everybody, one of, I used one to watch Harvey. Everybody used to be like, shut up, TMZ. No, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm so proud of y'all. How do y'all watch it? Like, that's all we watching here. I'm like, one of my friends. She got friends in jail, in jail too. I, I CC likes rapping and prisoners. Well, and prisoners. Come on, man. <laughs> and most of the time, it's the same people. Most of the time, it's the same people rappers and prisoners. Yeah, a lot of friends in jail, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But this battle with Big U is going to happen. We're going to do this. You got money on the phone? Uh, <laughs> We're going to do this at the end of the summer Jason, clap for Big U one time My boy Jay we gonna light kill, killer we gonna, we gonna, Jason trying to kill our light, he doesn't like black people Red Pill Podcast, that's it man, appreciate you Big U Anything you need from me brother um, You can always get it man, appreciate it bro Alright